Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Christ is risen from the dead, and because the King lives, we join our voices with the voice. Back in the day, many years ago, I was in choir for a little while in high school and college, and I actually can't remember which director said this, but I'm sure one of them did. The director was trying to get the choir members to sing confidently and not quietly and timidly, and so he said, I want you to sing that if you come in by yourself at the wrong time and you're the only one singing, I want you to sing like you're right and everyone else is wrong. He was trying to get us to sing with confidence. Now, a choir would not sound very good, actually, if everybody was doing that, though, would it? But another important component of a good choir is that even though there's many different individual voices, they are able to blend their voices so that it sounds like one loud voice singing, even though it's many different people and individuals. And that is where we want to go when we think about what is God's voice? What is the heavenly voice? How can I match mine with theirs? That's the challenge and the joy before us today. So we're going to look at some scriptures from Revelation, which much of Revelation is like pulling back the curtain. Here's what heaven looks like. Here's what heaven sounds like. Here are some things that are coming. And we get a snapshot or really a video of heaven's looks and sounds. And we can hear about the voice and match ours with heaven's. Before we read the verses, I want to help you know about three different symbols that come up in these verses from Revelation chapter 5. Revelation is figurative language, and so the rest of Scripture helps us to interpret those symbols as God wants them to be interpreted. You're going to hear about the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. We should not get our calculator out and then figure out mathematically how many that is. The symbol is meant to mean the entire army of angels, however many there are, and maybe there are a million, maybe there are a billion. We don't know, but we will find out one day. The symbol is the complete, vast array of the army of angels. Another symbol in these verses is the living creatures. And that is a symbol for the top-notch, upper-crust, highly-ranked honor guard of angels. We don't hear a lot about it in the Bible, but it does seem that there are different ranks of angels, like there are different ranks in the military, and the living creatures here in our verses is a symbol describing the honor guard, highly-ranked angels that are closest to Jesus on his throne. Then the other symbol to know about is the word elders. 
That's a symbol for believers. All Christians from all of time, from the Old Testament days, Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Moses, Elijah, and from New Testament times, Peter, Paul, John, James, you and me, because we live in New Testament times since the New Testament happened between then and Judgment Day. And so that's elders, all Christians. Are you ready to hear about the voice? Let's read these verses again from Revelation 5. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. Remember, that's us, the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen! And the elders fell down and worshipped. There's a reason why in the service theme and sermon theme today, I typed up the words, THE VOICE, in all capital letters, and didn't put an S on the end. Because even though there's who knows how many individuals, whether they're angels or Christians or highly ranked angels, did you see the word voice is one, singular. Then I looked and heard the voice, verse 12, in a loud voice, just one. All these individuals from the spirit world of angels and Christians like us joining their voices to be one voice praising Jesus. And let's unpack the words of praise they offer. The Lamb is worthy who was slain to receive power. Now that doesn't make sense at all, does it? Jesus was slain, slaughtered, shredded, torn to bits. But he's worthy to receive power? You don't usually think of someone or something being slain as also being powerful. And yet Jesus is because by his powerful gift of love, he has the power alone to forgive sin. He has the power alone to cleanse a guilty conscience. He has the power to love his enemies. Even when they were daring him to come down to the cross, come down from the cross and mocking him, he had the power not to. Wow! He is worthy, even though he was slain, to receive power because by his act of love, he has bought back the world from their sins. He is worthy to receive wealth. 
There's over 2,000 billionaires in the world. The most are in China, second most in the U.S. Add up all of those billionaires. Toss in some celebrities and athletes who have hundreds of millions, but not quite a billion. And Jesus the Lamb still has far more wealth than all of them put together. Just think about how the richest group on earth can't hold a candle in the area of wealth to this lamb we're talking about on the throne of God. It makes you say, maybe I shouldn't worry about money so much or even care. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive wisdom. Applied knowledge, that's what wisdom is. Jesus doesn't need a diploma on the wall. And even though he would be the valedictorian of any high school, that's not really what's meant so much by wisdom. His wisdom lasts forever. His wisdom, the ability to take any nasty situation and turn it for the good of God's kingdom. Wow, he can do that. Wow, he keeps doing that. And his wisdom lasts forever, unlike all the Harvard wisdom or the Yale wisdom or anybody's diploma on the wall kind of wisdom. This is eternal. Jesus is worthy of praise because of it. He's worthy because he has strength. That's applied power. He's worthy because he has honor and glory. He gets the gold medal top shelf platform all the time. Never again will anybody mock him or belittle him or dismiss God and his Bible as irrelevant. He's worthy of all honor by everyone. And he's worthy of praise. Literally, the word praise in the original language is good words. Our word eulogy comes from the Greek word which is translated here as praise. And Jesus has all kinds of good words being sung to him in one voice by who knows how many individuals. Some of them, God willing, will be us one day. And here's the thing. As majestic as that is to think about, and as enjoyable as it is to be here together this morning pondering it, we also, not just in church on Sunday morning like we just did when we sang the last few hymns, can join our voice with the voice. Whatever we do. But it's not as easy as it sounds. Because you think about, what do I say? What comes out of my mouth all week long? What do I type or post? What about my inside voice, the, the thought life I have? How does this inside thought life voice match up with God's voice? Am I always thinking He's worthy? Hmm. We have to admit, as we span life and think back on it, every group of ages, every situation we find ourselves in, we fail to match our voice perfectly with God's voice like we just read about, the heaven's voice. 
children use their voices to say mine, not share, or even bully each other. As they grow older, teens use their voices to lead other teens to try sinful things because it's going to be cool and fun instead of the alternative. Co-workers use their voices to gripe and complain and argue about each other and about the boss and complain, we don't get paid enough. I'm not going to make you raise your hand if you've ever said that, but I bet if I did, every hand would go up. That's so common. Even though Jesus is the one with all the wealth anyway. Spouses use their voices to tear each other down, to remind each other of the mess they've created, to bring it back up, to be slow to apologize, slow to forgive. It's a mess sometimes in marriage when our voices don't match the voice. And we didn't even start talking about what we type in a text or what we post online, how difficult things can get then, or what about the inner voice, the thought life. When there's a mess, and some of it's your fault, it's so easy, even natural, to listen to Satan's lies as though what you've done is unforgivable, what you've said is unforgivable, the mess is never going to get better, feeling the pressure to be your own savior, replaying all the details again and again and again, getting more and more hopeless as you do, And it's the opposite of the voice. Dear God, help us. We're lost sinners. And our voice is all over the place. He will. The first words of what are said in the voice in these verses are so comforting. We already talked about them a little. Let's talk about them again. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Jesus, with all of His power and wisdom, with all of His strength and honor, though He was worthy of nothing but praise, He was willing to be slain on the cross. You know why? So that you could match your voice with theirs in heaven. Because it was the only way. One sin in your life means now you are going to get slain, slaughtered and shredded by God, who's holy and can't stand to be around sin at all. If anyone's going to live with Him in heaven, they have to be perfect. We don't measure up, not even close, for even one second of one day. And that's why Jesus said, I am willing to give up my life in order to give you life. I am willing to pay for it all so that you can be sure it is finished. And I am excited to rise from the dead so that you can know because the King lives, you will also rise from the dead and you can join your voice with the voice. Not only one day when we get to heaven, but already right now. We can use our voice, both what we say 
text, post, whatever. What we say inside to ourselves. I am forgiven. It is finished. Heaven is my home. This problem I have is temporary. It's not going to last forever. And the God who is worthy of all wisdom, strength, honor, and praise will bring me relief at just the right time. Christian kids, as they grow up, can say, Jesus loves you. And they will, and they do. Much more easily than adults, I think. Teens, instead of leading each other to try sinful things, can encourage and bolster each other to be calm and trust Christ. That they don't need to have a lot of sinful friends with sinful activity going on all the time. They're safe in Christ. Co-workers, when work is unpleasant, can let their light shine as they deal with the unpleasant stuff. You think that would stand out? I think it will. They can match their voice with the voice. Spouses in marriage ups and downs can be able to use their voice to say, I'm sorry, own their sin, and I forgive you when the other says they're sorry. They can use their voices to pray to the Lamb together, to strengthen their marriage and pray for their family, and use the terrible thing to be a good thing in the end, that it makes them recover in Christ more strongly than ever, and be ready to move forward together, more closely united than ever. When you post something, when you text something, you can have self-control, and you can post and text things that honor God. And it's really going to make a difference and stand out. When you're telling yourself stuff, because whether you like it or not, the person you talk to the most is you. Nobody talks to you as much as you talk to yourself inside your thought life. And when your thoughts match God's, wow. What an empowering, peaceful, exciting invigorating, anticipation-filled life you're going to have as your voice now matches the voice in heaven no matter what comes up. You can't help but always be thinking, this problem is temporary, Jesus will deliver me from it in his time, and one day I'm going to go to heaven, and I'll never be able, be, I'll never, it, it will never be needed to deliver me from anything ever again because the problem's there simply aren't around. Use your voice now in every area of life to match the singular voice of heaven where we long to be and will be one day by God's grace. A professor at our seminary, he's retired now, but for many years, Dr. John Brug was a professor and he spoke not only to seminary students at our seminary, but also different locations all over the world, and sometimes found himself in front of mixed religions. In fact, he often did. A, a whole lot of Muslims in Jerusalem, or a whole lot of Mormons, or, or he had all kinds of different religions and, and people from all over the world that he would speak to on a somewhat regular basis. 
And all of this experience that he had, he summed it up this way. All of this speaking that I've done, no matter who you're talking to or what situation you find yourself in, this always is the best shot at going well, having things go well. When you speak, have principles and be loving. So don't just say, this way is fine, but there's lots of other ways too, and that's not how God's Word is anyway, as you know. Have principles. Say, this is what God says, and that is not what He says. But do that in love. Because if you have principles but aren't loving, your arrogance will turn people off. And if you have the, the idea that you're loving, even though you don't have principles, then they won't really respect what you're saying. But when you have principles and are loving, now you can get somewhere with someone and let God's Word go to work. That might be the best summary of all, I think. Have principles and be loving as we want to move forward in this life, joining our voices regularly with the voice so that everywhere we go, everything we do, everything we say, even everything we think is all about worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And that is just a tiny little foretaste of that incredible day to come when we will do that in perfection for eternity with who knows how many angels, who knows how many highly ranked angels, and who knows how many Christians joining us. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.